Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Football Futures with me, Greg Bell. Please follow me on Twitter at GregBellFF. That's pretty much all you need to do. Tell people about this podcast if you like, but I've won a load of awards. People will find me Anyway, so welcome. This is the August the 4th, 2025 edition of the podcast. And I have to say, thank God football's back. I mean, not all football. I mean, we're not back to the good stuff really until next week when the Premier League returns. But for now, at least, oh, thank Christ we've had some football. Because it's been a long, long what? Three or four weeks without it, and I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's difficult for me. It's difficult for me to make me live in without any football. So it's been hard. It's been hard. But at least this weekend as well, we had our first trophy awarded of the season. And that's as league champions, double winners even from last season. Tottenham Hotspur won the Charity Shield or Community Shield or Shield for the Kids or whatever it's called these days. They won it at a packed Wembley. Um, Liverpool, their opponents, went 2-0 up through Mohamed Salah and Adrian Rabio before they choked worse than a Conservative MP in the 1990s in a hotel room with an orange. I, I, I wanted to make another analogy. That's pretty much where my base level of humour went to. Spurs replied initially through youngster Daryl Hornby. Interesting fact about Daryl Hornby. He is the grandson of of Nick Hornby, notorious Arsenal supporter. Probably wanted to jump into a river seeing this yesterday. Um, And then new signing from Brighton, Alexander Philp on half-time drew Spurs level before Harry Kane, old, dependable Harry Kane, scored in the 47th minute, putting Spurs 3-2 up, and that is the way that the game stayed. From Liverpool's point of view, Mohamed Salah and Hamza Chowdhury were the Liverpool danger men during the course of the game, but once Liverpool were under pressure, they they looked worried. Um, they didn't look as comfortable as Tottenham did at any real point. Alisson in goal was particularly poor. After having a good couple of seasons, people are now reminded that he's a Brazilian goalkeeper. And they are, of course, all terrible. Yes, even Tafarel. He just had a good name, so you forgave him for it. If a goalkeeper is better at taking free kicks than he is at being a goalkeeper... Then he's a midfielder, guys. Do you get me? Good. 
And then up front, Bosco Deretic, he looked out of sorts, didn't seem to be the best strike partner for Mohamed Salah. And it'll be interesting to see how Liverpool bounce back from this. Spurs were slow to start with Liverpool racing into a lead, but they did get it together. Mohamed Darami, the young Danish midfielder, he's starting to look really good in the centre of the park. And they've got a young English side, the aforementioned Daryl Hornby and Alexander Philp. They've also got Charlie Chappell, which is fun because it sounds like Charlie Chaplin. And even though he was doing films like 100 years ago, it doesn't mean that we can't, you know, make Charlie Chaplin references because we can. Because we've got no imagination. Also, Carl Barrett, who's not uh, the former Libertines guy. Because imagine him doing a drugs test after a game. They did manage to survive goalkeeper Dominic Livakovic getting injured in the 23rd minute. Which meant a rare appearance for David Van Balmuz in goal. Which is just a name I like saying, if nothing else. Liverpool dominated shots. They had 17 to Spurs, 7. But Spurs managed 6 shots of those 7 on target, proving a much better success rate. And this is the first test failed for new Liverpool manager, Giampero Raimondi. Um, It'll be interesting to see if he lasts more than 2 years. Uh, His predecessor, Pep Guardiola, just managed under 2 years. And prior to that, Steven Gerrard only managed just under 2 years. Steven Gerrard, of course, is now the Paris Saint-Germain manager, which means that there is absolutely no limitation on getting a massive job in football, even if you are a terrible, terrible football manager. And by contrast... Gerardo Sion at uh, Tottenham now has five trophies in less than two years. Add to that the two trophies he managed to secure whilst Watford manager as well, faring much better than his two predecessors, Jurgen Klopp, who he replaced, and Jose Mourinho. So that means we have our first trophy winner. Admittedly, it is the 47th most important trophy in football, but it's still a trophy. So congratulations, Tottenham Hotspur. Into the championship. First week of the season for the second tier. And the big story here is that the biggest club in the division, and therefore the most important and the one that we're going to talk about every single week without fail, Aston Villa, they lost. 1-0 at home to Bristol City. This, for me, has already tarnished the season. I mean, how can we get excited if the biggest teams aren't winning every week? That's the point of football. No one watches football to see the small team do well or the underdog overcome all adversity. No, we watch football to see big, rich teams getting richer. That's the whole point of it. And I, for one, am very disappointed. I feel that Eddie Howe has let his team down and he's let me as a fan of football down. It has to be it for Eddie Howe now. Um, I mean, he's great at a little club, like little Bournemouth. He did brilliant with little tiny Bournemouth. He did so well with them, took them into the Premier League, where they are definitely taking up a space that they shouldn't. But it's it's just he needs to move more towards his level. And Aston Villa need to look at bringing in an overpaid Spanish or German manager just to really get them back on the level. They are a big club and they need the biggest possible name. It isn't lost on me as well that Eddie Howe is also a very short name as well as not being a big name. So maybe they could get a big name that's also a long name and then they'd win in both sort of camps. It's just a thought if they're listening. And they will be listening. I'm an award-winning journalist. 
Fellow relegated club Crystal Palace, they picked up a 2-0 win at Swansea to bounce back from their relegation. Adam Armstrong picking up a goal and he should have a good season. He's decent at this level. And they're now my favourite for the title, as I will every week be like Jerry Lawler while he's commentating on the Raw Rumble and pretty much pick the next big shiny thing as my winner of the division. And fellow relegated team, less important because they're not particularly big. Brentford, they beat Southampton 3-1 to bounce back from their relegation. Elsewhere in the division, Nottingham Forest were down to nine men after 17 minutes as their heads completely went and they lost 3-0 at home to West Bromwich Albion. And the promoted sides up from League One last season, Rotherham, runaway winners of that division, they drew two all at Huddersfield with 10 men. Uh, Colchester, who came up in second, uh, they lost 2-1 at home to Stoke City. And sadly, Milton Keynes Dons came from 2-0 down to beat Derby 3-2 at Pride Park. Proof that there is no God. There's not one. Don't go looking for him. MK Dons exist still now in 2025. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In League One, Sheffield Wednesday recently relegated. They managed to beat Lincoln City 2-1 at home. Uh, Steve Bruce, the manager of Lincoln City now, I think he's managed... Sheffield Wednesday in the past. I'm fairly certain that Steve Bruce has managed every team in the north of England. If you take sort of Stoke, Chesterfield sort of level in terms of your latitude as your level, I think he's managed everybody. I mean, I'd need to look into it, but I think he has. So, I mean, fair play to Steve Bruce going back to one of his former clubs, but unfortunately not coming away with a win. 
Wigan Athletic, they beat Grimsby Town 1-0 in a match that is important for historical reasons. It is the least attractive football match in the history of professional football, replacing a game between Huddersfield and Hull that happened in the 1950s on a quagmire of a pitch that finished 0-0 with 27 minutes of injury time for various injuries. Terrible game, played in front of 8,000 people. This... Even worse, the least attractive game of football of all time. Wigan's goal came when a long ball was basically blown over the goalkeeper by an errant gust of wind. Um, I think there was maybe 4,000 people there for this. It's not exactly capturing the imagination. I know people miss football and I know that people will say it's the beautiful game. But if you're a Wigan supporter or a Grimsby supporter and you went to that game, then maybe have a look inside yourself and think if there's something else you can be doing with your time. Salford City are now top of League One, relegated from the Championship last season. Uh, They got a 3-1 win uh, at Gillingham. Good win for them there. Um, League One will be interesting this season for sure. Sheffield Wednesday, still my pick to win it all, because as well, you all know, they are a massive, massive club. Into League Two, and of course, the most important story in League Two is one that is on the lips of every single football fan, not just in this country, but in many other countries like Ireland and Norway. And that is the Accrington Stanley, managed by handsome, professional, lovable Frank Lampard, managed to win away at newly promoted Dagenham and Redbridge. A massive, massive moment in the career of Frank Lampard. Did all right as a manager of Chelsea before being fired. Did terribly as a manager of Norwich City before being fired. And now trying to rebuild his career at Accrington Stanley. And it doesn't matter that he failed everywhere else that he went. And it doesn't matter that this level is really, really difficult. He will, of course, be a success because he's Frank Lampard. That's why. Interest in League Two, incidentally, has gone up by 3,000% amongst journalists and amongst supporters up 0.3% since Frank Lampard made his way into the division. It's just, it's so good for football. It's just the greatest. Having a name of that quality in that division is just, it's wonderful. And I hope we get to see other similarly famous people populating a terrible division that no one cares about as soon as is humanly possible. I mean, to be fair, the rest of the division, other stuff is kind of pointless, but here goes. Leighton Orient, who I think I said were going to do really well this season. They were 4-0 winners against Barrow to go top of the table. And promoted from the conference uh, AFC filed, they lost 2-1 to Solihull Moors. May as well talk about the National League because we've got a bit of time with no Premier League this week. So Bolton Wanderers, newly in the conference. They drew 2 all at Kingstonian. What, what a wake-up call that is for them. 2-0 up at Kingstonian, managed to draw 2 all. It's going to be a long season for Bolton Wanderers. Carlisle, they were also relegated to the conference. Uh, they lost 2-0 at home to Chester. Uh, and then Havanton Waterlooville atop after a 4 0 win versus Sutton. I don't know if these places are even real. Are they places? Are they nicknames? Who has an and in their title? It's just, it's wacky. I love the conference. It's wacky. 
Some transfer news for you now. Uh, Barcelona have made a firm bid this week for Richarlison, uh, Everton's now veteran winger. Um, has done great things at Everton. Barcelona have bid £45 million. Will raise rise up to £60 million if the deal goes through. And... I've heard that this is because Barcelona are looking to add to their diving repertoire over the course of this season. Not necessarily that bothered about assists or goals from Richarlison. What they would just like is that everyone in the team can score a penalty at some point during the season and they need someone who can go over in the penalty area like a slight gust of wind has made them just topple over a daisy on a stroll around a park. Tottenham Hotspur have sold Andrea Conti to Hoffenheim for £9 million. That's a loss of £18 million there. Some fantastic Spurs economics. And then Manchester United have sold Nikola Katic to Red Bull Leipzig. Somehow managing to make an already unpopular footballer playing for the incredibly unpopular Manchester United even more unpopular by going to the least popular team in Germany, Leipzig. The only thing now that he could do to really round up his career is when he's maybe winding things down towards the end of his career. He signs for MK Dons and manages to sign his contract while punching a puppy in the face. Some rumours, Tottenham Hotspur are chasing Paul Lillola from Atletico Madrid and Yusimar from Benfica in order to strengthen their team and, as we mentioned earlier, bring in some much-needed foreign names to distract us from the boring English players that they currently have. And Arsenal are looking to further decimate Everton's strike force by going after their striker Fedor Shalov. They've offered £50 million, so is rumoured. May as well talk about the biggest transfer moves of the window so far. Just have a bit of a recap ahead of the Premier League launching next week. Uh, Jadon Sancho, he's the biggest move. He went from Liverpool to Paris Saint-Germain for £118 million. That is a hell of a player to replace for Liverpool. Biggest incoming transfer into the Premier League was Lautaro Martinez from Paris Saint-Germain to Manchester United for £100 million. One of many reasons why I'm making Manchester United my favourites to win the title this season. They've got options like that. They've got a consistent manager in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And most importantly, they are the biggest club in the league. And then going from Chelsea to Real Madrid is Everton. That's Everton the footballer, not Everton the team. It would be amazing if a whole team could be signed by a player, although I suppose that is what Chelsea do most years, is they buy a whole squad of under-23 players and then just loan them en masse to Vitesse Arnhem. So maybe that's something they've already done before. I don't know. But either way, Everton, the player I think has gone... I mean. Everton really would be decimated if Everton had sold Everton to Chelsea and then Chelsea had sold Everton to Real Madrid. But then do Real Madrid need an entire squad of 25 players who've come from a team from Liverpool? I don't know. I'm confused. Alex Iwobi continuing his fantastic career with a move from Manchester United to Atletico Madrid for £63 million. Biggest move coming from outside the top flight in domestic football is Carl King, the 21-year-old, going from Southampton in the Championship to Wolves in the Premier League for a deal worth in the region of £61 million. Uh, fantastic. Raised a lot of eyebrows there in Wolverhampton, not because he was £61 million, but because he wasn't Portuguese. And then finally, Roberto Firmino bidding goodbye to Liverpool, uh, going to Atletico Madrid for £45.5 million. A lot of money for a 33-year-old, but still very highly thought of around Europe. 
I thought what I'd do for this first episode is I would do my deep dive into picking my top 11 for the season. 11 players for you to watch out for. What I think is the strongest starting 11, uh, choosing players from across the division. Um, You maybe put it in your fantasy football team. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. But if you would ever like me to do a deep dive into the team you support or a player that you really like, then please get in touch with me via Twitter and I will use my journalistic know-how to look into every possible corner of their career for you. Uh, don't forget, Greg Bell FF. Greg Bell FF on Twitter. Get in touch with me like that. Uh, let me know what you'd like me to do a deep dive into. It can be a team, can be a player, can be a manager, can be anything, and I'll let you know uh, what's been happening with them over the course of the last few years of their career. So my Premier League best 11. Look out for all of these players this season. They'll all do great things. A lot of them are already at massive clubs. They're going to do fantastic things this season. So my goalkeeper went off injured in the uh, charity shield over the course of the weekend, and that's Dominic Livakovic, the Croatian uh, goalkeeper who plays for Tottenham Hotspur. Last season, completed uh, 15 clean sheets, uh, the most clean sheets in the top flight last season. Fantastic goalkeeper. Still has a lot of time on his side at only the age of 28, I believe. At right back, the best right back in the world, the best right back in the division, the best right back in his club, the best right back in his house. I've probably done that the wrong way around. Uh, but that's Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, classic Liverpool captain. Everyone's favourite public schoolboy. Local lad. Worshipped by the cop. Slipped on his ass last season and cost him the title. He's a classic Liverpool player. A centre-back combination. We'll have Ruben Diaz from Spurs, the Portuguese centre-back, who's had a fantastic couple of seasons at Tottenham. And he'll be partnered by Jonathan Tarr, uh, Manchester City and Germany centre-back. Finally showing the promise that he had on FIFA all those years ago when people at the turn of this decade would say, we need to sign Jonathan Tarr. And people would go, yeah, but he's actually he's actually dog shit. Have you seen him play? But then people would say, but he's fast on FIFA. But now he's living up to his promise. Good for you, Jonathan. Left back, very handsome Ben Chilwell. Lovely hair. That's pretty much the only reason I've chosen him. I could have chosen another left-back, but he's got lovely hair. And he plays for Chelsea. And as we all know, they are a massive, massive club. Two holding central midfielders. First of all, for Manchester City, the Dutch midfielder Frankie de Jong. uh, 12 assists last season. Really pulling the strings in that Manchester City midfield. And he'll be part- partnered by Gaetano Castrovilli at Manchester United. Uh, the Italian midfielder managed 10 assists last season, but also 10 goals from a very deep-lying central midfield position. Fantastic player, and he'll be a big part of their title push this season. Then an attacking midfielder, chosen Kai Havertz here, Chelsea and Germany's attacking midfielder. At the minute, he is wanted by Paris Saint-Germain and Barcelona, so we've got to keep an eye on that before the transfer window slams shut. No one ever slams a window, guys. If you slam a window, the glass falls out, right? Especially if you've got a loose putty in it. Don't ever slam a window. The transfer door, that would slam shut. The transfer window should be kind of just gently closed. It's just, it's a syntax thing and it's always bothered me. But before the transfer window gently closes with due care and attention to worry about the cost of replacing double glazing, he is being linked by Barcelona and Paris Saint-Germain. And of course, that is what you want when you're a professional footballer. You don't care for trophies. What you really care about is getting a big money deal to a massive football team where 27,000 people turn up at a stadium to watch you do keep-ups. That's the most important thing that a player can ever hope for. 
So maybe Kai Havertz won't be here when the season really starts getting into full gear. Then the attacking three. Uh, on the left side of attack, we'll have João Felix, Manchester City and Portugal. On the right side of attack, Usman Dembele, Manchester United and France, who is unhappy. So rumours have it at the minute. I don't know how you could ever be unhappy playing for Manchester United. I mean, what is there to be unhappy about? You get paid a lot of money, check. You play in front of the biggest crowd every week, check. You get a free Chevrolet, check. Why be unhappy? Grow up. And then the central uh, striker will be Erling Haaland. Uh, great season last season, top goal scorer um, for Manchester City last season. Still very young, only 22 years old. Got lots and lots uh, of promise. Genuinely expect great, great things from him. Uh, think he'll have another fantastic season. However, slight caveat, I did mention it before, Lautaro Martinez, uh, the record uh, transfer from a British team over the course of the summer, uh, going to Manchester United. He may replace Erling Haaland, and I reserve judgment to choose which one I like the most based on how well they're doing at the end of the season. Because um, I'll just delete this podcast. If we get to the end of the season and Erling Haaland scored like, I don't know, four goals, and Martinez has scored 48, I mean, I'm going to delete this podcast. <laughs> you ain't going to remember. So that's it for this week. Uh, next week, of course, bumper episode. Uh, we'll have more transfer speculation. We'll have some reporting on the championship in League One and League Two, but no one really cares about them. But the Premier League will be back. Everything we can possibly bring you about the Premier League, we will bring you here on Football Futures with Greg Bell. Please remember to like and subscribe and recommend this here podcast to as many people as you possibly can. And follow me on Twitter, Greg Bell FF, and get in touch if you've got any questions about this 2025-2026 football season. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 